Episode 248 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. I'm Managing Editor Kirk Semenoff sitting in for Bill. The cover story in this week's print edition of the Wichita Business Journal is CBD-based products and the popularity they are gaining, as well as how the industry is growing quickly in Wichita and around the state. For the podcast, reporter Shelby Kellerman talks with Heather Hobbs Steppy, president of the Kansas Cannabis Chamber of Commerce and a CBD shop owner herself about what's required to open a store, the challenges that face store owners, and what she thinks is ahead for the industry in Kansas. But first, let me tell you about the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. I've told you about this week's cover story, which starts on page 10. We also have our preview of next Monday's Mentoring Monday conference at The Vale. More than two dozen mentors will be paired with more than 80 women professionals to impart some wisdom. We asked some of those mentors about what it takes to mentor and build those relationships. That story begins on page 14. Our list this week is the area's largest fundraising events. Many of these events, events suffered during COVID in 2020, but adapted and came back stronger in most instances in 2021. That list begins on page eight. Also this week, get to know the new CEO of NAI Martins, Andrew Braun. That 10 minutes with feature begins on page 31. Part of our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we try to accomplish that is through our weekly lead section. We list bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, and court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 27. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Well, hello, hello. I'm Shelby Kellerman. I'm a reporter covering economic development at the Wichita Business Journal, and I'm grateful to be filling in as your podcast host this week. I am joined by Heather Hobbs Steppy, who is president of the Kansas Cannabis Chamber of Commerce and is also owner of Casey Hemp Company in Overland Park. So Heather, welcome. Thanks for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so I just interviewed Heather for my story that published today on the growth of the CBD market in Wichita. So it's good to talk with you again. But to start, Heather, I was going to have you kind of talk about how you got into this business, first of all, and also just tell us about the Cannabis Chamber and what your role is as a group. Yeah, sure. So um, I got into this business with my husband. We started Casey Hemp Company back in 2018, right before the really big CBD boom happened. Uh, we were one of the first businesses up here in the city. And outside of finding personal relief for not only myself, but members of our family with um, CBD-based products, um, we've always been cannabis advocates. And one of the things that we saw that was severely lacking surrounding this industry was proper education. So when we put our storefront in, in Overland Park, uh, not only were we one of the first businesses providing these products, but we were one of the first who opened our doors to really educate people on what cannabis was, what hemp was, what 
each of them weren't, the differences between them, and how CBD could help them. Um, you know, it's not a cure-all by any means, uh, but it is a, a supplement that you can use to just help strengthen the quality of your life. And so through this efforts, we've really been able to educate a lot of our community and help break those stigmas down. Um, our family is actively involved in our marketing and in our business. We've got four children and two dogs and a cat that all <laughs> utilize our products. And so we try to use them um, as much as possible just to really open up the conversation and destigmatize the, the industry itself and, and the types of patients that use cannabis. Um, and all of our efforts nicely segued into being members of uh, the Kansas Cannabis Coalition. Now, the coalition has been around for a long time, representing patient advocacy groups to industry advocacy groups. Um, and we've seen that become very helpful. You know, last year in a legislative session, we were able to get a medical cannabis bill moved from out of committee and passed the House and into the Senate. And it was the first time it had been done. Um, and it got us a lot closer than we'd ever felt we'd had been and really gave us that bright light we've been looking for. Like there is a light at the end of this long tunnel that is getting legislation passed in Kansas. And we were ready. We were there. We were actively working. So we branched off last year from that coalition um, and started the Kansas Cannabis Chamber of Commerce. And we did that so that the industry advocates and the business would have a place to jump off. You know, we're, we're currently laying the groundwork, bringing everyone together, helping guide uh, the language and the bills to best suit industry needs. Um, and we feel we have a very important task at hand. So that's that's what we're trying to do is just help businesses grow, provide that groundwork and the framework for when we do have a medical industry here in Kansas. Very interesting. I had no idea that there was such a thing as the Chamber of Commerce until I started researching for this story. It's quite a mess, but um, yeah, I'm glad that I found it. It was very helpful for this story. So, um, so you drive around Wichita, and I'm sure it's the same, you know, in Kansas City, and you can't help but notice all of these CBD stores, all of these signs promoting different products. So, can you give us a breakdown of what the heck is considered legal in Kansas, right? And give us yeah. some knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, it's gray. <laughs> I can assure you that it is gray. Um, in fact, we've I've been on the phone all morning dealing with uh, part of this issue as well. Um, you know, back in 2018, when the farm bill passed, it protected hemp based products. And what we saw boom from that was a thriving CBD industry. And when that happened, it also opened up research opportunities. And throughout that research, we've been able to, um, you know, really hone in on certain cannabinoids that come from the plant and study them and how they work. And um, every a lot of people got into it seeing what the CBD industry was going to do. It was like, yeah, this is going to be a $22 billion industry in four years. That definitely sounds like something I want to get into. But what we saw really quickly happen was an oversupply of CBD-based plants, right? People had more CBD than they could find anything to do with it. it prices started to kind of plummet. Um, the industry has leveled out a bit, which is good um, and bad. I mean, depending on how you look at it, but uh, throughout that process, 
business owners who were looking for ways to amplify their business and expand their business and products started using different cannabinoids. So that's when you started seeing cannabinoids such as CBG and CBN, um, as well as the very infamous right now Delta 8 THC products. Um, So where there's a will, there's a way. And without having that medical cannabis program here in Kansas, um, these Delta 8 products really started taking off. And they do have mild intoxicating effects, um, not like that of a traditional medical plant or cannabis product. Um, But it was an opportunity and an option for people to find deeper relief that you couldn't find with traditional CBD products um, through this new cannabinoid. So uh, right now there is some incredibly gray language on what types of THC isomers are legal and in what amounts are legal in Kansas. Um, Yesterday, Steve Howe, our district attorney here in Johnson County, sent out letters to businesses having them pull Delta 8 products by March 20th. Um, But at the end of the, the letter, you know, was like, we need clarification from legislators on what is legal and what isn't, because it is, it's, it's just very confusing. Um, so while some of these products are federally legal, are they state legal? There's just a whole bunch we don't know, but that's where the Kansas Cannabis Chamber comes in. We're actively working with legislators and lawmakers to make sure that the industrial hemp industry and its hemp products and byproducts are protected um, under the federal law um, so that that applies to state law so that we can continue to have a thriving industry, not only from a business standpoint, but also from a patient standpoint so that people can have access to different plant-based therapies um, while we're waiting on a comprehensive medical program here. Yeah, it definitely sounds like I'm moving target from the research that I've, that I've done. Um, but from, from your understanding of the farm bill, like what, what is, what are the legal languages of, of what is considered legal, right? Cause there's the, the THC content and the industrial hemp. just break that down for us. Yeah. Um, it is very hard to understand and explain. I will do my best. Um, so the, the cannabinoid that exists within hemp and marijuana is called THC. That is your psychotropic cannabinoid, tetrahydrocannabinol. Um, it's been r- noted that Delta-9, which is a specific formulation and isomer of THC, is the strongest one. That's what you see in these higher percentages in cannabis products, marijuana products in medical states and recreational states. So in 2018, when the Farm Bill um, was passed federally, the language in the Farm Bill was very, very clear that in order to have a legal hemp product, the Delta 9 THC concentration had to be below 0.3%. The language was very specific to that one isomer of THC, that Delta 9 THC. The Kansas law, however, um, after the farm bill came out, Kansas put in statute that no amount of THC whatsoever was allowed in any product. So for a long time, CBD stores in Kansas had to operate under a 
um, no THC policy. So broad spectrum products where you still had all the other hosted cannabinoids and plant matter were still in the product, but THC had to be extracted. So move forward to last April, a bill was pushed through the legislature that allowed for full spectrum hemp products. That's that 0.3% Delta 9 THC limit that we had discussed, which was a really exciting um, move forward for businesses here. It was allowed you to get, you know, lower price products so that you could push out better, higher quality products um, and really provide just a higher level of therapy in your in your final end hemp-based product. With that bill, um, the definition of hemp product in Kansas was changed from 0.3% Delta 9 THC to 0.3% total THC. So when you look at these products like Delta 8 and these Delta 10 and HHC and THCO, all of these varying isomers, right, of a Delta 9 or a THC molecule, those are all federally legal because they exist outside of that very specific Delta 9 definition. But when the Kansas law changed, it includes now all of those isomers into their language. So it's a bit gray because the Controlled Substances Act is very specific on Delta 9. These are federally compliant products. So where does the state stand? And um, I think that this revolution and this understanding of the definition of hemp products in Kansas, changing from that 0.3 Delta 9 to total THC, is where we've gotten a lot of the confusion and where businesses have now find themselves in this sticky situation of what is legal, what isn't legal, what do we do when we get these letters? You know, everybody is just as confused. And uh, a lot of smaller businesses will tell you, a lot of small CBD businesses will tell you that the ability to sell Delta 8 products or various other isomers um, of THC and those products saved their business. Um, it, it's, it's brought in a ton of money for businesses and for the state. So it's tricky. We're, we're currently working on pushing a bill um, in the house that would allow Kansas law to mirror federal law. So it would alleviate that burden from businesses as well as law enforcement. Um, but it's still middle of session and we need to see the bill move before we'll be able to say whether or not that will go forward and, and happen. Wow. Well, it's interesting. It's it's important, I guess, to have that understanding as, as we're seeing these stores and it's often the first exposure for people, right? They're driving around and seeing these signs. And so they're having these questions of what what is allowed and yeah, you're right. It does seem gray. So you, you touched on it there about, you know, the economic impact of the cannabis industry. I mean, there's tons of research, you know, nationwide. The, the figure that I found um, said that CBD sales hit 4.6 billion in sales in 2020, which is just astronomical. So how would, how would you describe the state of the CBD industry in Kansas? I mean, is it growing? Like what, what is the economic impact of the industry here? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's still growing. I think that it grew really fast to start, right? This was like the one type of cannabis-based product that was legal in the state of Kansas that people could get their hands on. So it, I mean, blew out of the water. You could see stores opening on every corner, a store opening across from the store on the corner. I mean, they were everywhere. You couldn't, you could not toss a golf ball in Kansas city and not hit a CBD store. 
Now, with that being said, um, due to the extreme rise in popularity of the products and the extreme rise in farmers and the supply and demand of the product, um, you did see a leveling off. I mean, there was just so many people getting into it and only so many people who knew what the product was. Um, I think what we saw kind of help level the industry and kind of help balance it out was the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, a lot of businesses who were barely hanging on, you know, shuttered their doors, closed their stores down, sold off product, et cetera. And we were no, we were not exempt. Uh, My company, we shut our store down and went all online, which has been a blessing um, for us because overhead is expensive. Uh, Not to mention just the types of extraordinary prices you pay in insurance and credit card processing for being one of these higher risk Uh, businesses. So I think we saw the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, kind of level out the playing field a little bit in the CBD space and the long haulers. Um, The businesses really in it for the right reason are the ones that have stayed. And those are the ones you've seen diversify their product. The ones bringing in minor cannabinoids, CBN, CBG, CBC, um, experimenting with these different Delta-8 based products. And that's what we'll start seeing in this space as we move forward. Uh, There's a lot more that we're learning about the therapy options that each individual cannabinoid can possess. And so it's not just about CBD anymore. It's about these other minor cannabinoids and terpenes and how they all interact with each other to truly create that therapeutic product that people want to be able to sell. And so I think that's really the shift that we're starting to see. Um, among the industry. Um, You're going to start seeing a lot more edibles coming out, a lot more of these uh, manufactured products, uh, pet products, things of that nature, foods. Um, But it's, it's gone past the the CBD oil extreme boom. And now it's kind of getting deeper into what does this really mean for everyday use and how can we amplify the effects and make it a more efficient and effective product? but it's just going to keep growing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's still, like you said, a lot of uncharted waters in regards to the THC language in legislature, but where do things stand with medical marijuana? I mean, what, what, what's the state's appetite for that? Do you think? And I mean, also considering the the other Midwest states and what their, you know, legislation looks like, I mean, where, where do things stand there? Yeah. So, um, we are actively working on medical cannabis this year. Um, it started last year and the Fed and State Affairs Committee in the House um, moved out of there, went into the Senate, same committee. Um, through that process, there's been some procedural moves and some bill number changes and some language moving, but um, we're hoping to see uh, another draft of the bill coming out here pretty soon in that Senate Fed and State Affairs Committee. Um, everything that we're being told on the ground is this is a go to be worked on this year. Everybody is expecting it to um, not only pass, but to pass this year. I think when you have an overwhelming majority, over 65% of Kansans who support having medical cannabis, um, the legislator has to listen. I mean, you, you can't deny those numbers. It's not like we're squeaking by with just a little bit more than a majority of people who want to see this happen. We're, we're talking about massive, massive numbers here. And so now that we've gotten through some of the more tumultuous bills, like the redistricting issue and the education issue, and uh, Topeka, I think we'll be able to see 
see more focus being put on this because you know, in, in my opinion, it's equally as important. Uh, we've got patients all over the state who have been denied access to this plant that need to have access. We have industry here that needs to get up and going to allow small businesses a chance to participate in this industry before there's any sort of federal descheduling. Um, if Kansas can't put in a program and get a bill passed before federal descheduling happens, it's a no it's a no hope for small business in Kansas when it comes to the cannabis industry, because at that point, borders will open. You'll have interstate commerce going on and the big multi-state operators who've been working in this space for 20 years, 15 years are going to come in and push out anybody who might want to get started small. So there is so many reasons why Kansas really needs to put this at the forefront of what they're doing and why we will continue to fight on this issue. It's it's deserved from every angle. Well, it is definitely a fascinating topic and even just from a business perspective, like you said. So I'm sure we will continue to follow this industry and, and where it's headed in the future and the potential that's there for, for business, like you said. So thanks again for joining us, Heather. I appreciate your time. Of course, thank you. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 248. Thanks again to reporter Shelby Kellerman and Heather Hobbs-Steppy of the Kansas Cannabis Chamber of Commerce for the conversation. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com forward slash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.